The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. In this episode, we discuss many aspects about trauma, that it's become a buzzword, why that's not necessarily a bad thing, something we call the Goldilocks factor, and we share personal stories about trauma-related experiences and healing practices. Welcome to the podcast where it's all about living your love story and making your life a story where love wins. My name is Sienna. And my name is Toast. We're married and we've been partners in life, love, and music since 2001, over 20 years. On this show, we share our life as an Asian American lesbian couple. Some of our favorite topics are positive spirituality, holistic health, sometimes cats, lesbian alert, and other things we hope are entertaining, uplifting, and helpful for living your love story. So here we go. Welcome to our home studio in the Pacific Northwest. Hey, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to our non-soundproofed studio. You might We just heard a truck backing up. Uh, there was a bird chirping. You may hear birds. That's a common sound. You may also hear this, this clinking, which is normally a nice iced coffee with coconut milk that I love to have from time to time. So anyways, before we get into the topic for today, we wanted to share with you something that happened and it couldn't have been more timely with the topic for today being trauma. Now, this is a, there was a trauma aspect to what happened with a lowercase t, though, in terms of what kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. We do need yes, to make that distinction and honor all the different levels of trauma that there are. Yes. Thank you for saying that. You are welcome. Nuance. Toast, you, you are know, welcome. You know, I would like to think, and I'm going to make the big assumption uh, that you who are listening appreciate nuance and... I think that's important, especially when things, you know, like trauma, you got to admit trauma is kind of like a buzzword mm-hmm. these days. So it's nice to have <sighs> acknowledgement of that kind of nuance and distinctions where not all traumas are the same. Yeah. But that doesn't negate the fact that there, there is such kinds a thing of as a lowercase t trauma. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm just glad people are talking about it. Yes. You know, and that we are honoring the lowercase t traumas. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so what all, all of them. But all anyway, of them. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So here we go. Tell Bear us what and I, happened. Bear and I were sitting in the living room and Toast was in her office. We heard some squeaking and a little squealing. And I'm like, what is that? Bear was on alert. He ran up to the window. I Bear, ran up following Bear him. Bear is our cat. Bear is our cat. Lesbians. <laughs> we have a cat. Non-lesbians have cats too, but yes, the lesbians will have cats. Um, We ran up to the window and, oh my gosh, I saw a short-haired gray cat with a mouse 
hanging from his mouth. And just when I saw it, I couldn't believe it. He dropped it and quickly scurried to grab it and catch it again. And I guess it was very painful. And the mouse started squealing. And I just did not need to see that. I did not need to see that. And I couldn't. And then there went Bear running to the next window because the cat started leaving with this catch, very proud of his catch. And Bear went to the other window and watched as his now idol walked away through the neighbor's yard, very proud of his catch to go leave it Mm. to wherever he lives. He probably put it, you know, played with it and then put it down as like an offering. So all proud. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I have to say that I'm the type of person. So when I was like four years old, I was um, visiting my dad with my brother. My brother was six at the time. I was four. And he took us fishing for the first time. It's the first time I went fishing. Mm -hmm. And it was um, just typical, like your bamboo poles, because, you know, we're four and six, right? Mm -hmm. So we were standing in shallow beach water. I don't know. You might know the beach. Maybe oh, Onekahakaha Beach I have no in Hilo. Clue. I this don't is remember. this is in Hilo, Hawaii, yes, right? Yes. Because both, Hawaii. Of, both yeah. of us were born and raised in Hawaii. So, um, and we were there, and I was just like, okay, I'm doing this thing they call fishing. And then I caught a fish, and everyone around me was like, "You caught one! You caught one!" And everyone was so excited, mm-hmm. and they were so happy for me. And I felt sort of happy because everyone else was happy, mm-hmm. but I felt a little confused. Mm-hmm. And then when it came time to look at the fish. I just started crying. Mm. I started crying. And then I was... Because you knew what you were seeing. Yes. And then I was like, take it out. And I was just Mm. crying and I wanted them to take the hook out of its mouth. And then it just just went downhill from there because the hook was hard to take out of its mouth. And I was watching this. And then I was... Of course, right? It was traumatic for a kid of that age who had a very natural empathy and love for animals of all kinds. Mm -hmm. And um, so anyways, seeing this mouse, which I have never seen this before, not, you know what? It was the hearing, hearing it, the hearing of the mice and the squeal. Yeah, it was the shrieks, the the mouse shrieks. And then today, this morning, you guys, it happened again. I'm not supposed to say you guys, right? (laughs) <laughs> that, Sorry, that, you know what? We are old like, school lesbians here, and and we're trying to keep up. We can't keep up with. <laughs> okay, so now you have to say friends. You folks and spell it with an X. F O L X. Okay, folks. F O L X or dear friends. How about we say that, dear friends? It happened again today. Bear heard something that, thank God, was not audible to me. I ran up and followed him. I'm like, what's happening? Going to the window. I have to stop following him, going to that window. Here comes the same cat walking away. I saw a tail hanging from his mouth, and there was Bear in admiration. He now has, he is, he, that's his idol. He wants to be like this cat. The gray, the gray hitman. Yep. You called him, Toast called him the assassin. Yeah. 
Well, he, what's what's interesting is like he is like he's from out of the movies because I don't know. We have never seen this cat I, we, before. You know, there are so many cats in this neighborhood. But but this is the first we, time we saw him. We have never seen this cat. Or I, I actually haven't seen any yeah, of no, this. You've heard my descriptions. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard, I, I did oh, hear the squealing this morning God. though. Okay. I didn't hear the so, squealing this morning. I, I heard something. It was very short and soft, but I... I I know I heard something. Oh my God. See, it's anyway. just, it's too, like, you know what? I am all for the natural order of things. I, I realize yes, you, into, you that understand, happens, right? And intellectually, we, need, we you need that to happen. That's right. That's right. right. It's better. Yes. That is um, the way of life. And I, okay. So I'm going to do my, drop my little sidebar of drop like, it. you know, deep thoughts Remember that SNL thing? Deep thoughts. Yes. Okay. Um, Stuart Smiley. Oh, was that what it was? You remember more I than I do. Deep thoughts. Um, but you know, like I think that's at the root of a lot of spiritual traditions and teachings is like to acknowledge and have the humility to acknowledge that the only way any of us can continue living is by taking another life. That's, I think that's the, that's how I process the deeper meaning of mm. things like, oh, Jesus died for your sins or that sort of thing, you know, where it's like the idea of sacrifice, like a, a sacrificial animal. It's like, yeah, the only, I mean, hello, how many times a day do we eat something? And that's, you are taking another life and that's the only way that you can continue living. And that's just how it is. Like you're even talking plant life. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Things just, that have I a, mean, yeah. anyway, deep thoughts. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> well, so that is what, that is what has been happening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> over here. And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm feeling for these mice. Okay. Why don't we move on to the okay, topic? Because you know that I need was healing. enough fun. That was enough like <laughs> small f fun, fun chit chat. I guess yeah, a little fun little chit chat. But yes, next let's move on and we'll talk more directly about trauma. So here we are. We're going to talk a little bit about our experience with trauma. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that we've learned in terms of how to process it that have worked for us specifically. So before we go into that, let's just get on the same page about what trauma is. So what we're talking about when we're using that word. Yes. Here. Okay. Yes. Okay. So previously we talked about trauma with a lowercase t and a capital T. Mm -hmm. So capital T would be what is more commonly known as a trauma, like post-traumatic stress, you know, someone going through that, um, abuse, um, you know, things that are more common, commonly tied to, oh, yes, that is a trauma. Mm -hmm. The lowercase, the the quote-unquote big ones. Right, right. The lowercase t traumas. Now, these are the ones that are very important to... Uh, to acknowledge and to also heal and process. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's why trauma being um, acknowledged 
the lowercase t traumas being acknowledged these days, it's, I think it's good. For the most part, I think it's really, really good and helpful for everyone because you can um, frame certain things that have happened to you in a light of, okay, yes, that did happen. And I did feel this certain way and it did have this effect. Now, what do I do about it? You know, so much of the time, I think when we have um, a lowercase t, well, let me, let me say what it is. <laughs> okay. We're, okay. We're a concrete example going on. Okay. Okay. So a lowercase t trauma definition would be, you know, anytime we felt unsafe and did not have the tools to cope with that situation or experience. So it's anytime you felt unsafe where you didn't have the tools to cope. So you look at how broad that definition, we all have trauma to some degree, mm-hmm. you know, at least a lowercase t trauma. Yeah. So and of course, when we're saying that not having the tools to cope, that that's meaning like not having the conscious tools because mm-hmm. all of us have a subconscious primal instinctive, you know, organism kind of that will jump in and function yeah that copes Mm -hmm. in in that kind of um, evolutionary way yes but you're talking about a conscious where where it's the 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 feeling is like oh shit (laughs) right it's like yeah and in fact and in fact what do i do i don't know when trauma like so for myself um a big t trauma is my abusive history being raised um Mm. being sexually abused and having that happen so early on in my life, it's like, I didn't have the tools Mm. to the conscious tools to cope, Mm -hmm. but my amazing brain and my amazing body knew how to dissociate, to protect myself from what was happening. Mm. So then as I get older, then the process becomes, how do I not dissociate anymore? Mm. Because that kicks in now because I've learned the organism, the coping mechanism, right? So, what was I saying about the lowercase t traumas? I think oh, I was just saying, saying that still, people... It's still important and valuable to acknowledge Yes, them. because I think a lot of times we go, oh, that wasn't, you know, we... Um, we, we discount it. We and discount we try it, to ignore yeah. it yeah. altogether. And, and we're thinking, like, oh, I'm fine. That, right. I shouldn't, or I shouldn't feel that way. Yeah, brush it off. Just About what off. happened. Yeah. And we try to rationalize it. And then still there's something that we've um, given our power to. And we have this hole, this missing piece that's like, oh. And sometimes we feel that pull. And we're like, what's going on? What's, you know... A lot of times what can happen is we end up feeling anxious. Mm. It's about finding the Goldilocks mean, right? Where it's not like, don't make it a bigger, it doesn't mean that something happening was like, oh, this is such a big deal, but it's also not nothing. Right. right? It's, it's finding it, that Goldilocks and it's like acknowledging it for what it was. Mm, it but not worse than it is. Right. Seeing it as it is and not worse than it is. It mattered. Mm-hmm. And let's process let's, it. Right. Let's not mm-hmm. ignore it, but let's right. not turn it into Mount Everest. Let's right. just deal with it. And mm-hmm. yeah. And a lot of time, and here's something that is fairly new to me as far as what I've learned with trauma is that, you know, not only are we all carrying some kind of trauma we've experienced on whatever level it might be for us, but we're also carrying generational trauma Isn't that in amazing? our cells yes. our cells remember right where are yes. where are our cells from 
So those cells carry generational trauma. Mm -hmm. So like my mom, her cells, the knowing in her cells are passed on to my cells. It's like, it's a lot, if you really think about it, it's it's amazing. You should all feel great about functioning. Right. Every single day because there is so much we're carrying that we're not even fully conscious of, nor Mm -hmm. are we supposed to be, but Mm -hmm. there is a weight we carry that sometimes I think we we believe is our own, like from this lifetime, this moment. Or something even. Right. Right? Like But here here's the thing too. Not only generational trauma, ancestral trauma. So that's way that's going way back. So not just your mom, your grandma, your great grandma, you know, all the family going way back. Where is your lineage? Where is your um like toast like, 10, toast, 20, like your, your Japanese? I you yes, know, so like Japanese. going way back into your Japanese history. Hmm. You know, your ancestors of your Japanese ancestry. So when you think of what what the Japanese have gone through you or carry in my people in my ancestral family tree basically right and if you yeah. keep going far 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 back enough mm-hmm. you will find people in japan right yeah that's <laughs> who right have gone, that's who right have, who have I think gone that's how through it works. things yeah. who have gone yeah. through things that you're like what i have no I, clue about right yeah that they have right or that so the maybe perpetrated they, things that i have no clue about. yeah right. so we carry we carry all of that okay that's heavy yeah i mean and, and, and you know, i mean really, it's a lot but a doesn't lot. that that really you know just acknowledging that really kind of for me explains a lot in terms of just how it feels to be a conscious human being and just kind of step back in your mind mm-hmm. and be like yeah sometimes like, it does, it right yeah it feels yeah. like a lot it does especially you know, just to be in the world and mm-hmm. to be relating to people and sometimes it is kind of a trip to to realize like oh you know just clocking into work or mm-hmm. like go, you know buying something at the store and you interact with people and we're doing all these transactional conversations and we're all carrying this and thing and yet now. yes there's we this have all under, of this there's this undercurrent that i think again for for conscious people who reflect mm-hmm. it's like whoa but I love that stuff. And then to realize, when you realize that we carry all of that with us, mm-hmm. then it is then it does become a process of what we recognize as our own to deal with mm-hmm. and what we need to release, mm-hmm. where we can be the cycle breaker mm-hmm. without adding all the pressure on ourselves, right? <laughs> Hello, it's a balance. Oh my God, how do we get through it? the fine line keeps moving Um, and it keeps getting skinnier and skinnier (laughs) and skinnier. But um, so there's so much to this, to this thing called trauma, but Mm -hmm. toast, I wanted, I actually asked toast if she would share this story because every time I I think about this story for her, like my heart, I just, as an, I'm a naturally empathic person. So I feel a lot of things and this story, I just have, feel so much from it so Mm. she's willing to share it so why don't you share your your one of your traumatic yes so 
this story comes out of the fact or it happens in the context of me having been raised an evangelical Christian girl uh, to the point where I, I really don't remember the first time. I think time. today, I'm sorry, can I interrupt you? I think you just did. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes. so funny, right? Yes. When people say, yeah. I'm sorry, may I interrupt you? And yeah, you're right. Okay. Um, so you're saying a girl, right? A yeah. girl. Uh-huh. But today, yeah. if you were growing up today, you'd have choices. You'd have options, yes. right? Yeah. And you might I, not I, choose would to think. be a girl. Again, depends what family you're born into. But yes, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And who knows? There's maybe if you I still choose been born. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Anyways, know. I'm just pointing that More. out because we're talking. Didn't we talk earlier about folks? Yes. Okay, we did, right? I'm More nuance. I'm mixing up podcasts. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I don't even remember a time where I first went to Sunday school. It was just like, that's how I was raised. That's what you do, you know? So those of you who know, you know. Five-day club, you know, um, summer Bible camp, all that stuff. Evangelical Christian. Um, that's how I learned... Or, a big part of how I learned music. Like I, I played on the worship team, you know, guitar and then bass and everything. So I was steeped in that world where at that time, especially this was back in the eighties. Um, I did not even know that homosexuals and homosexuality was even a thing. Why are you whispering it? Because <laughs> it was like, it, apparently, I mean, the message that I yeah. got, yeah. just the message I got was, it is so bad, mm-hmm. we don't even talk about it. Yeah. Right? That's the message that I got when I started to realize, and gosh, I guess I'm jumping ahead of myself because I started to realize that, oh, I'm... I have, these, I, I have these homosexual feelings. Like I had a name for it finally. Um, gay, like I learned gay meant something other than happy, that it was a synonym. Um, but I only, I only learned that after I graduated from high school. I was in college by the time I learned that this is, stuff. That's, I, okay? I, you know what? When I think about that, that blows my mind a bit. Because I grew up with, Auntie and auntie, right? Roommates, the roommate aunts <laughs> and the roommate uncles. Mm-hmm. I have we've had we have so many gay people in my family. Now it wasn't we didn't all talk about gay stuff. No one's talking about it, but it is lightly accepted mm. in the sense that oh yeah, bring bring your friend to the party, mm-hmm. you know and and. You know, the Christmas dinners and Thanksgiving dinners would have the two aunts, the two uncles, the other two uncles, and so on and so forth. So, And you knew, like, you were able to intuit that this is a unit. This yes. is a couple. Yes. Right? And, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, and it was... So anyway, so I only realized this whole gay thing in the world and in my... And, I, so, and therefore, I had a label for it for myself, like, when I was in college, okay? So when I was still in high school... Don't be mad about it. (laughs) (laughs) So when I was still in high school, I did not know. But you had the feelings. Yes, I had feelings. And in retrospect, the fastest way to tell this story is that basically 
I wrote a love letter to one of my friends. Now I to re- the girl you you loved. Yes, yes, yes. To the person that I had these feelings for, mm-hmm. I ended up writing a letter, and in that letter, I specifically said, "Please don't share this." See, this with, is the part that. Please don't share this with you know your parents or you know just. Can you please keep this private? And what did the girl do? The girl (laughs) shared it with her parents. Yeah. And how did I find out? Because their parents told your parents. Because I came home from a party. And I don't know if it was that same night that I came home or the next day. But after I came home from the party, my parents told me, oh, you know, your friend's mom came over and showed us this letter. I can, I just, toast, I can't. (laughs) I'm so, I just, uh, that is, that's traumatic. And I guess it could have been made more traumatic. It could have been made more traumatic, I think. Um, Because I don't know what this says exactly about like my parents and how our relationship dynamic was and how Mm -hmm. our family dynamic was. But basically, what I remember is my mom telling me, she was acting like there's something wrong with you. And my mom was offended, Mm. you know. Um, And then I don't remember my dad saying this specifically, but so it, maybe it was related to me through my mom. Um, but it seemed to me that my dad's reaction was, ah, that's just kids. <laughs> you know, which is Hawaii pidgin English for, ah, kids will be kids. It's not a big deal, whatever, you know. Mm. <laughs> so, so I kind of was like, hmm, okay. Uh, you know, like I, I bared my soul to this person, asked them to keep it confidential. They didn't. My Mm -hmm. parents came in and my parents were like, oh, okay, well, let's just move on, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but what happened, but then what happened shortly after that, you had back pains. Yes. And only years later did, did I kind of like, hello, make the connection that, my severe uh, back problems were probably related yeah. to the trauma. Yes. Yeah. Just to that feeling of yeah. being vulnerable and exposed and yes. betrayed and, that, and, yeah. and, and that back and just not area. understood or just not, um, not respected. Yeah. You know, not taken seriously by well, anybody. Back, you know, back problems. And especially like if it's in that kidney region, right? Mm-hmm. So the kidney the area, lower back. That mid, that low mid, mid, mid low. <laughs> We're not chiropractors. <laughs> the C6 area. Um, no, that's this. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Anyways, whatever. I'm just okay. making it up. Anyways, your back, where your kidneys are, oh, if it's in the kidney area, that has a lot to do with fear. And then um, if it's a low back issue, it has a lot to do with not feeling the support you need. Mm. So mm. anyways, so that's, I mean, that's a lot. So how did you deal with it? Well, obviously you didn't deal with it because <laughs> right. that's why it manifested as a back pain. Right. But how have you dealt with trauma since? 
And well, then we can go into some tips. Okay. Okay. So, um, the two things that come to mind in terms of like, hmm, yeah, how, how have I dealt with trauma are number one, basically thinking and learning all about uh, religion and spirituality and cosmology and human evolution because the evangelical Christianity that I grew up in um, could not handle me being gay. Mm-mm. And so I feel like, and again, this is all in retrospect, right? I'm looking back on the past 20, 30 years of my life and realizing, okay, so I feel like I was orphaned in a way, right? That lack of support of like, look, look, everything that you were taught about the world and the way life is and the nature of reality, everything like that is wrong. So you got to figure out Mm -hmm. what is right. Mm Mm-hmm. Or something that works for you, yeah. anyway, even if it's not. And that is traumatic. Like exactly. Just, yeah, exactly. That is traumatic. Exactly. Being, being, that feeling of being thrown out the into the world. pulled out. And, yeah. and you are not equipped to handle the world mm-hmm. because what you, were, what you were equipped with is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, hair. put on this armor. It's made of tissue paper. It's not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what it felt like. And so I feel like I've spent um, the past yeah, 20, 30 years of my life, basically rebuilding and refiguring out a worldview. And just by pure experimentation without, you know, I did not, you know, I, I hear these stories of people who were like, somehow they just managed to go off to India, mm-hmm. you know, and do a trek and, and find right. a guru in the Amazon or something like that, you know, and they do all these religions and they join these temples and they, I, no. I did not do that. <laughs> I just lived in the, you know, the Real typical, world. the typical <laughs> American uh, world. Um, but still, um, somehow making a living and just trying to figure out the reality of life and mm. and, and stuff like that. Um, okay, so that's one that that's my spiritual. <laughs> side uh, uh, spiritual life and the other that's also spiritual i guess is basically just working out like literally yeah. exercising yeah and, and processing in that way i really have found um that sometimes i will even like dedicate a workout session mm-hmm. to um a problem or oh, like an that. issue that, yeah. you know, um, and just treating it as a form of kinesthetic prayer mm. almost, you know, and yeah. bringing, bringing my entire being to it um, in the same way that a lot of times I, I'll hear like meditation instruction be about like, you know, just pay very careful attention to, you know, how you feel in the breath or, you know, in the posture and but bringing that kind of attention um, to, to a workout. Mm. And it feels, it does feel cleansing. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine. That's great. Journaling Woo. is another one. Yeah. But that's all, it's all mishmashed together. You know, it's all part of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know that with um, 
in processing trauma, one of the things that I've learned is to do whatever it takes to get back into the body. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times when something traumatic is happening, we get out of our body. You know, our bodies become the least safe place to be mm-hmm. when something traumatic is happening. So we want to leave. Um, so in order to... So then the task becomes to remind ourselves in our day-to-day dealings and, you know, whether we're going to work, to the store, we're on a phone call, whatever it is, anytime we get triggered to remind ourselves that we are safe, like we're not in that traumatic experience, Mm. whatever the triggering has to deal with. Mm. So, so much of that is getting back into the body, getting and feeling um, and experiencing your senses. So to start noticing things. So one of the things to get back into your body is to um, even just uh, like clench your muscles, Mm. like flex. Flex. Yeah, flex (laughs) and like just like, you know, like I'm holding myself right now. So it's kind of like just squeeze. Hugging yourself. You know, yeah. And that is another one too, like self-holding, like holding yourself, but giving yourself like a nice squeeze. And when you do that, you can feel that sensation. Mm -hmm. So that immediately brings you back into the body. Um, Another one is shaking. Oh, yeah. You know, shaking, wiggling. um, And even sometimes that can bring about this playful silliness. You're reminded of, because when do you allow yourself to shake during the day, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But kids, they're like shaking, jumping around. And Mm -hmm. so shaking, wiggling um, helps to bring you back into the body. And even even simply like if you if you're at your desk and maybe you had a hard phone call or a zoom that's that feels triggering in some way and you're like why do i feel anxious all of a sudden you know just looking around the room and re- and registering things meaning you're hmm. you're looking and you're going so if if i were to describe what i'm looking at now i would go okay there's a brick wall there's a fireplace there's the white light <laughs> the white light. <laughs> Not that white light. <laughs> it's a white lamp. There's the white lamp. There's a plant there. There's a window there. When you start to register things, you are telling yourself, look, I'm in this room. Hmm. I am safe. Hmm. Um, so that's another one that's that's helpful. Can we go back to the shaking thing? Yeah. Because I feel like that is, um, it feels like discharging energy. And it also does that. Yeah. Is that part of, would would you say that's part of like dealing with trauma also? Absolutely. Because, and even that, so you know how you hold, your body. how yeah, you, you hold, tense up, you tense you up tense. and clench up and you get like, like tension headaches because of right. your muscles in your shoulders. or something. Right. But then when you, when you consciously tense up, yeah, okay. like that holding, right. And mm-hmm. you squeeze, 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 squeeze. Then to have that contrast oh, of the release when you're releasing, hmm. you're releasing so much more than what you think. Okay. So a lot, of, so a lot of that can be releasing some of that trauma energy that's come up. Okay. Um, See, what I love about this stuff is that it's not just physical and it's not just energetic. It's yeah. Like we're, I really feel like wow, this is such a cool time to be alive because we're living in a time where we are starting to get it that they're not separate things. Right. Everything. Yep. Yep, yep, you know. yep. Um, and then another thing is um, like having something called a sensory amulet, mm. which is a physical item that helps to bring you back 
to your senses, exactly what it sounds like, a sensory amulet. So we have something like that in our shop, um, at loveandabove.com. It's called a no, lavender... It's love and above. Catclub.com. Yeah, loveandabovecatclub.com. <laughs> loveandabovecatclub.com. And it's, um, you'll find it under Lavender Comfort Heart. And it's a heart that is stuffed with organic flax seeds and organic lavender herbs. And when you hold it in, the, in your palm and just squeeze it, it has such a comforting feeling in your hand. And as you squeeze it, you're coming back into your body coming back to your to your body. You feel the beautiful linen fabric on it. You bring it up to your nose. You smell it. Take a deep breath. You get all those beautiful um, essential oils. And even that's bringing you back into your body. So you can do something like that, anything that would be... And you know, like a teddy bear. Can or be like a sensory Or like a security blanket. Like that's mm-hmm. what that is, right? Like... Yes, and you you could even put some like essential oils, just dab some on the teddy bear or Mm. whatever it is. Yeah, Mm. so many things can be um, a sensory amulet. Another thing, and this is probably the most common that people know and do, is is stopping to breathe, you know? Mm. But I have to say that through all of this, um, through the learning with dealing with trauma, breathing helps, absolutely. It's essential, but it's really not enough. Mm. Like you have to start to learn to feel safe in your body, which may mean um, like the kind of exercising you're doing, movement and feeling safe, proven movement where at the end of it, you're safe. You're looking around your room, you're safe. Mm. So movement can be the shaking, registering that you're fine, all of that. Um, so there's so many things, you know, that we've done. Crafting is is one <laughs> that... I share no I no I didn't share that, did I? Not yet. Okay, yeah. So we No, um, you did, I guess. <laughs> crafting is one and um recently I know some of you might just roll your eyes and it's okay. Um <laughs> uh I heard a friend of mine sent this post on Instagram about someone who made a finger puppet with cat hair. Cat hair. Um, cat hair. Cat and hair. Uh I was taking this very intense seminar. And on the last day, I started to feel really anxious because I'm like, how am I going to execute? Like, you know, I'm not just here consuming and and learning and I'm not going to do anything about this. So I started to feel very nervous. And you would think that on the last day, um, how am I going to, there's no time for crafting, but my body, my brain, all parts of me knew what I needed. During one of our breaks, I ran and got that baggie of bear's cat hair (laughs) And I went on YouTube. I didn't have the crafting book. I have it now. I have it now. But I, I made a finger puppet. With, with bear's <laughs> cat fur. On a 45-minute break in um, the session. And then uh, during a 10-minute one, I, I adorned it with um, crystal eyes and a nose. And so anyways, and I, I promise you, after I finished that, during the rest of the seminar, I'd look over at it. It would make me smile. And I just felt so calm, you know, because it's meditative to do crafting. And, and Yes, I think you your know? example, you just, well, there, I think there's that aspect of crafting or doing crafts like knitting or sculpture, mm-hmm. or, you know, where jewelry, making jewelry. There's so many things it, it could be, but there's that repetitive, yes. methodical uh, aspect to it. Coloring. People color, right? Oh, yeah, that's Adult right. Adult 
coloring books, which right. sounds strange to me because that used to be a thing like what sounds 15 like years a, ago. Yeah. Um, but also, last we'll say flower essences. So you can also take things like flower essences, um, homeopathy, so energy medicines to just as an aid, you know, a natural, all natural aid, nothing addictive. The body only uses what it needs. So, so many things. These are just some of the things we wanted to share from our firsthand experience of using these things to help us deal with our own kinds of trauma. Um, So hopefully there's something that it's helpful for you. Yeah, and you can identify with, and that just uh, is a feeling of encouragement and solidarity with you. Yes, you know, because we're all we're all subject to big and little t uh, trauma, and really, I think it's helpful t- to just acknowledge and accept. I think this is part of dealing with it. For me, it is ap- absolutely is accepting it, the fact that. Uh, tr- Trauma is a natural phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I hope it doesn't sound coarse or um, unfeeling to say it, but it is normal in a way. It's the way of the world. Just like how at the very beginning of this episode, it's like the cat catches the mouse. Yeah, That's not a nice, you know, yeah. nice thing. You look at Grimm's fairy tales, it's like they're the world, we, our evolution and our world has, um, trauma built into it and so it's it's a natural phenomenon but also processing it is a natural natural. phenomenon and healing it and and being there for each other as we walk through it and as as we help each other through it that's the other beautiful side of that that's natural too and i think i think something to leave you with is to just remember again the definition we're giving for trauma, you know, anytime you felt unsafe, where you didn't feel like you had the conscious tools to cope. So if you take a look, if, if you know for yourself, because I know a lot of people who are like, I have no trauma. I have no trauma. I used to think that. But if you take yeah. a look with that definition, that lens, and you look back at your life and, and the memories that will pop out to you, there's probably something there to just process a little bit. Mm-hmm. So... We'll end it here and just thank you for joining us. Yes. Again, if you found this helpful, if you want to spread love and share the love and support your friendly neighborhood lesbians and their cat, um, you can rate (laughs) and review this podcast. Just share the link to the show. Uh, Visit us. We're online at siennaandtoast.com. And uh, we're also... You can follow us, too, if you'd like to, on um, Instagram and Facebook, at Sienna and Toast, S-I-E-N-A and Toast. And we're even on YouTube. We are. Which I've forgotten about. <laughs> we kind of, you know, we, we've kind of forgotten Facebook and YouTube. We're mostly on Instagram. But anyway, see you there. Thanks for joining us. And as always, live your love story. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. 
On the Dropping In Podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.